Hello, sunshines. This is Hello Sunshine. With Jana. And Keith. Is that how the intro usually goes? No, but you know what? Let's let's be different. Let's be let's be uh unique today. That's how it felt today. Something about that felt right. I There's don't know. There's just something about the energy in the air, especially for today's episode, since we're gonna be talking about something so magical, so wonderful, and so a part of our lives. <laughs> Maybe not now, but in the past. Maybe not now. And whether it was directed towards us or not, I feel like it's part of everyone's lives to a degree based on what we're going to be discussing. And if you saw the episode title, you know that today we're going to be talking about bullying. Bullying. (laughs) Keith bullies me all the time. No, I was going to say you bully me all the time. Because you deserve it. (laughs) Sorry. Wow, that's a great way to start a conversation. I am on the so men- nice. <laughs> on mental health and bullying. <laughs> you just making light of you picking on me. Yes. Yes, I am. But at least I admit that I have a problem, which is the first step to recovering. Hey, that was going to be the last point I was going to bring oh, up on this episode. Okay. So spoiler. I, well, I won't. I won't get too ahead of ourselves. But uh Last episode, I did a lot of the talking about the topic. This time around, Keith has done a lot of research about bullying and its connection to mental health. Um, So we're going to get into that. But before we start, as always, listen to everything. Take it with a grain of salt because we are not mental health professionals. Not one bit. But uh, I'm trying to become one. Yeah, you're trying to become one. I'm like in school to become one. But... I'm not there yet. So until I get that little certificate, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Listen, I just want to talk about it because I feel like it's important to bring awareness to these kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. So don't take everything at face value with us, but we just want to encourage you to have a conversation about whatever material we talk about on this show as well. So Keith, where shall we start first? I feel like a good place to start is talking about, well, the effects of bullying because There are different angles we could look at bullying. There Mm. is the victim. Yep. There is the bully themselves. And the bystander. And the bystander. Ah, it's a tricycle of doom. So that's why I was saying a few minutes ago that everything is connected regardless. And sadly, I mean, no matter how nice of a person you think you are, I think we've all been that person at one point, whether it was conscious or unconscious i think there are some scenarios that maybe we didn't even know were bullying until we got a little older a little bit more mature you know i think that's very true uh it's scary that it's no it's scary and there's only one thing that comes to mind and i was just like joking around with people that i was on a trip with when i was 12 all in all i mean nothing like terrible but it's just like oh was what I started like some form of harassment? Right. Yeah. Well, Again, me... like innocent kid stuff, but I mean, in retrospect, I know it annoyed the kid because I brought right. it up a few times and he's just like, oh, I hate you. I'm like, wait, where's this coming from? Well, so me... it's just, yeah, it, it's just things like that. It's like I didn't have the awareness that I was somewhat of a bullying figure at the time. So it's interesting territory. And that takes maturity. I think, and a lot of life experience to realize, you know, when you go back and you think about every choice you've ever made in a social situation and 
you know, unbeknownst sometimes to people, you maybe were a bystander in a situation that you should have done something, or maybe you were the one who hurt somebody's feelings or your feelings were getting hurt. And I think we can all say collectively that we've maybe been at least one of those things in our lifetimes. At least one of those things, or just like maybe a little piece. A little, of a little both. piece. Exactly. I wouldn't say most people are bullies. No, but let me ask you this: Do you remember the first time you were ever bullied? First time I was ever bullied, young to the point where I don't even know how old I was. I was probably three. Oh. Goodness, that's really young. Three, four, uh, how did it go? And it's usually an anecdote I joke about, <laughs> if anything. It's either laugh or cry, you know? It's either laugh or cry. I mean, I know right after it happened, I cried. Oh. But at the time, I was defiant. I don't remember the context of this, but this kid kept pushing me in a sandbox. But every time I got up, I shouted the name of a superhero, Batman pushes me down. Superman pushes me down. <laughs> Spider-Man pushes me down. Oh, You're the one yelling this or he is? I'm the one yelling this. And then he's just like pushing you? He keeps pushing me back in the sandbox. And you didn't like that, obviously. I didn't like that after the fact. Okay. All right. Well. I guess I was trying to, I guess even Lil Keith was trying to make light of the situations around me, but. Lil Keith. It still hurt. I mean, that's not the one time I was pushed at a playground, but that we're not going to focus on all those stories. Well, I think, I think the difference between you and I just being like a man and a woman, you know, girls, we fight more with words than we do with our hands. We're less physical, but sometimes that can be more painful than the physical, uh, the emotional mental warfare that uh, women have with one another. Uh, I think the first time I ever was bullied was kindergarten. So like not three, but like pretty, pretty young, I just always knew that I was like weird, I guess. And in hindsight, it really was that I had a blooming, wonderful, charismatic personality that people just thought is really weird because I was really outspoken and silly and loud and obnoxious. And I hadn't found theater and choir. I hadn't found my tribe yet. So mm -hmm. I think that to some people that was annoying. And so they reacted how they reacted, which was, you know, to call me weird. I've always been really short. So that's another thing to add to the list. I wear glasses. I used to have to wear eye patches. So like, I mean, I was the weird kid that people just loved to point out the weird things about me. And I think, yeah, I think my first instance that I remember is, is kindergarten. And I've been bullied pretty much my entire life up until the end of high school. For the most part, on my end, I don't think people really said much to my face. If something was to my face, it was just like, you know, that annoying kid in elementary school that really didn't have a filter. In first grade, I mean, some kid said something mean to me, I guess, in some bullying nature. Mm. Uh, not that this was the appropriate action, but apparently, uh, from what I'm told, later in the playground that day, I pushed him off the top of this like five, six foot tower of ta uh, tire, oh. <laughs> tower of tires. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and if it says anything about this kid being a prick, like the my teacher didn't even give me a full extent of punishment because she knew how that kid was and that. I was sort of justified. Violence isn't the answer, but... Right. Well, I think it's almost like <laughs> a rite of passage to to do that as a kid. Like, obviously, not everybody's going to get along. 
and we're all going to have differences. And so when you're a child and you don't have the words or the wherewithal to know like what to do with that, you shove and you push and you go, you're a doo-doo head. And like, you know, it happens. But the issue that is more related to what we're discussing today is as we get older, it goes less from, you know, you're a doo-doo head and like a little push on the playground from, you know, six-year-old you. Now you're 16 in high school and people are like making your life a living hell and like beating the crap out of you or slandering your name on the internet or, you know, intimidating you or excluding you. Like there's so many different ways to bully someone. And I totally agree with that. I mean, I could see in retrospect me becoming a more quiet and reserved person in high school because I feel like you're an easier target at that point. And as a teenager, you're just so much more sensitive to everything. That And you don't want to like be the victim. It's just Right. It turns into like a whole self-esteem thing, which is a product of bullying. So whether it's the self-esteem issues are caused by the bullying itself or fear of becoming, it's interesting. I mean, going off to what I was saying a few minutes earlier, like no one really said anything to me directly. I remember 14, someone made a comment about me to someone comparing me to Michael Sarah, but in my awkwardness. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, I wasn't aware of who Michael Sarah was at the time, but there's just like, oh, the guy from Juno. I was wearing uh, yellow sweatpants at the time. That's why, because he's so a, they, yeah. were, they were making a joke at the time, just like, oh, yeah, you're like the guy from Juno. Then I heard this like, yeah, he's awkward like him, too. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, people are joking and there is a fine line between joking and actually hurting someone's feelings. Like that bothered and, you, if, obviously. And if you're whispering in an earshot, I'm like, oh, this is what these people actually think of me. Right, and if it's not like a close friend where you understand their sense of humor, it, it's bullying. Like you're being not nice. And um, I think from my personal experience, I've always grown up because I was the weird little kid. You know, my family... I had two older brothers who used to make fun of me with and mess with me and prank me all the time. So there was a part of me that was very much thick-skinned, but it still affected me. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I struggle with knowing when enough is enough. You know, I think because I can take a lot, my friends will go a little overboard with making fun of me until I finally kind of start to look a little pissed off and then they they back off. Um, it's all in good fun, but sometimes, you know, it stops being fun. And I think that's true for any situation, you know, in a group of people. I think sometimes when someone's trying to be funny, it's it's not funny. And we need to be respectful of the fact that it's it's not funny to that person. No one likes to be the butt of the joke all the time. And, you know, people in high school like to show off. They want to seem cool or they want to be better than other people. So they they make nasty comments because at the end of the day... Their self-esteem is actually in the basement, and man, they're probably just jealous of man, you. spoiling more of what I wanted to discuss. I'm but yeah, sorry. No, but that, again, that all plays into how everything about this conversation is interconnected. Exactly. So, so you're welcome. I, I mean, <laughs> you're that, welcome. No, that's just what I find fascinating about the nature of bullying in this conversation. Yeah, and, and also, too, how it affects you in the long run. Because I'm sure that there are tons of people, like, you know, when you would go to your parents teachers about like oh I'm getting bullied and then you know you'll have that like lifetime movie moment where it's like you know son when I was your age 
I was bullied for my knobby knees, and they used to call me knobby knees Nick. And you know what I did? I overcame and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that's all nice and flowery and whatever. But there are some people who, you know, grow from it and move on and it doesn't affect them. But then there are other people where I feel like they develop this form of like post-traumatic stress from it, depending on what they went through. And it affects everything about their life. It affects their personality, how they present themselves to other people um, and their interpersonal relationships. A lot of it goes back to... Well, first off, what I mentioned before with having low self-esteem right. on the ends of the victim, but in terms of conversations that we've had in the past, yeah, anxiety and depression are very prevalent among those who are bullied. Yeah, yeah. You could easily see how bullying could stem into those feelings into adulthood. Oh, for sure. I I was just thinking of this example. There was a friend of mine that I had. He was like the only guy friend I had from like middle school to like early high school. He was the only boy in our friend group. So it was like him and like a bunch of girls. And we stopped talking about halfway, maybe quarter way through high school. But I just remember in hindsight, after our friendship had kind of fell apart, I was like, I wasn't really that close with him. And there were times where I almost really wanted to, to be close with him and to, to have that kind of friendship with him like I had with all the other girls in our friend group. But for whatever reason, he just refused to open up. I didn't know what I didn't know about him. Like there were times where I was like, you know what? I've never heard him talk about his family. I've never heard him talk about elementary school and like him growing up like he keeps he keeps everything very very much to himself and refuses to to open up in any way and it wasn't until another friend of ours that really like got close with him towards the end of high school that like got him to open up and the main explanation for it was because he was so badly bullied in school that he just doesn't trust people like he doesn't trust even his friends that they're his friend for the right reasons which is like so fucked up because it's like, what did this kid go through to feel like he can't trust anybody? I mean, yeah, people have screwed me over, but there are people in my life that I trust very much. Everybody has the potential to hurt you. So I think you should always, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but what a detriment to his life. Obviously elementary school was torture for him. It's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of that situation just because I haven't experienced that. But I mean, really just goes to show the long-term impacts bullying can have on an individual. Right. And a lot of this, I mean, we think of bullying happening in a space like schools. That's It happens everywhere. It happens everywhere as an adult in the workplace. But if you're making it more literal anywhere, if you're going into a digital space, the internet, cyberbullying is a thing. And if anything... It is so much easier to be a bully in that realm yes. than in real life. Right. And and it's because you can be really bold and you don't have to deal with like emotions or anything. You can just say something nasty and then log off the computer. But what people don't realize is that things stay on the internet for a long time or sometimes they're hard to get rid of. And so it's like writing a nasty comment on someone's locker with a Sharpie. It's hard to scrub it off. You can always see it like a little bit, you know, it still remains. And ultimately bullying is a power struggle. It's somebody trying to seem 
either more powerful, more dominant, more important than the other person. And that's because the bully themselves has their own insecurities and they feel the need to hurt other people to feel better about themselves. Where they learn that behavior, I don't always know. Yeah, that really depends on their situation overall. Right. And I mean, I'm I'm a former school teacher. Like I, I taught really young kids, like uh, preschool, kindergarten. And I remember we had this group of boys that like were just nasty to each other. And I would observe them and I'm thinking, well, I've met their parents and like they're, I mean, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but their parents are seem relatively normal and everything at home seems to be okay. They're, they're you know, they're a part of a, an affluent family. So you know, they're not in a crappy place in life. And, and you're just thinking like, well, what is it that makes this child feel so inadequate that they need to be crappy to every other child? What is it they're seeking? Is it attention, negative or positive? Is it because they're hurting in some way or maybe they're being bullied by their parents or somebody else? And it's just like this long-winded, constant cycle of, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really find it interesting. You mentioned the positive or negative attention. I'm thinking about uh, one particular student I had to work deal with when I was working in the school system, and usually, and not that I wanted to, but I had to use negative reinforcement based on the behavior. Right. But obviously, the kid was looking for attention. I figured at the core that he meant well. And if I needed help with something, I'd ask him and he'd be all for it. Right. Like, yeah, I'd love to help because, I mean, he's getting the attention or validation he needs. You know. That he may or may not be getting somewhere else. Exactly. And I think it's so important to put a positive spin on it like like you did, where, you know, you think some people might think, oh, well, by giving this kid attention, you are, you know, allowing him to behave this way. But no, that's not what you did. No, I mean, at times you see like a switch flip and just like, oh, he genuinely wants to help yeah, and like, be part of it. He wants to be helpful. Unfortunately, I mean, more times than not, that wasn't the case. Right. But but there are those moments like that, those kind of like come to Jesus moments for those students. Like I remember I watched this great video of a teacher who had a really disruptive student and all the other teachers hated her because this student particularly liked this teacher and hated and was awful <laughs> to all the other teachers in his circle that year. And it was because like when he would start to act up, he would be like, you know what? You know, I could teach the class. And she just went, yeah, sure. Go for it. I'll be over here. Teach it. And this kid like was really good at, at teaching the class and made it fun and entertaining. And the teacher and him kind of like vibed back and forth and not only was he engaged, but the entire class was engaged and she didn't have to waste 30 minutes of, of breath huffing and puffing at him to tell him to, to sit down. And I feel like if there were more moments like that, then maybe we would prevent the creation of Desire, continuation, continuation of of creating bullies because it's like they always say, like, you have to teach someone to hate mm. And listen, that's only part of the process because, right. as I suggested before, there's many reasons as to why a bully might be a bully. Right. Of course, I mean, it has to be taught regardless. But going through like a few notes I have here, some of these reasons might be, as you mentioned before, poor disciplinary actions from the parents' part. Mm. 
all starts in the household. Uh, what I kind of referred to in the one instance earlier, a lack of personal awareness. Yeah. And even part of that could be outside because people might be intimidated by the bully, so they just won't say anything Right. as yeah. a result. Or as we played around with the idea of they have low self-esteem and use bullying as a defense mechanism so other people don't go past those walls Yeah. and see how, well, not tough they really are. Next point I really want to jump to in regards to the bullies themselves. We were brushing over some of the reasons why bullies become bullies, but how are they feeling internally? And surprise, surprise, a lot of it is similar to the victims. I'm not surprised. <laughs> from some notes I wrote down here, according to an ABC News article I found from a few years ago, Bullies are twice as likely to have anxiety, depression, and other attention deficit disorders, and are six times more likely to be diagnosed with oppositional defiance disorder, or ODD, due to their anger and hostility towards authority figures. Yeah, these people might be getting in trouble in a few years. This is the kind of stuff they're dealing with internally. Yeah, and as as someone who is a sibling of, um, you know, my my brother grew up having ADHD and ODD, and typically attention deficit or um, hyperactivity do go hand in hand with ODD, um, and that's exactly what it is. It's like you know, you say red, they say blue, and if you're not going to say blue, they're going to make life a living hell for you. And um, I think that sometimes as a society we normalize bullying amongst peers too much to the point where, yeah, like probably bullies are like mentally ill people undiagnosed because, oh, well, kids will be kids or boys will be boys or, you know, girls just do this to each and other. And listen, of course, not in all cases right. that every bully yes. has ODD, but just looking at the possibility, we're just- It could explain a lot. Yeah, we're just looking at the possibility of what's going on internally. Like I always say, it's the psychodynamic of, of what makes a person a person. There's so many different things that feed into why we are the people that we are today, why we make the conscious or unconscious decisions that we make. And in terms of bullies, I mean, I'm thinking back to, I can remember every single bully I've ever had. And reflecting on it, there were a couple that, yeah, they had, they had pretty significant issues that... I feel like I, as a kid, you know, you don't take that into consideration. You just think that person's mean. But then when you really think about what they go home to at the end of the day, you're like, no wonder they're kind of. Yeah, it's not black and white. Yeah, it's... no wonder they're assholes to everyone because they're someone's being an asshole to them. Like, and it's just this this continuous cycle. Like, I remember the, one of the first, like, stereotypical school bullies I ever had. He used to make fun of me at lunch and intimidate me. But And he was this big kid and bigger than me. And so he was intimidating and he used to, you know, be defiant in school. But then I, I, years later, I realized he had learning disabilities. So he probably did all this crazy bullying shit just to keep people interested in wanting to be his friend or to be around him or to make up for what he couldn't make up for academically. Um, as an adult, I can appreciate that. But as a kid, when you're the victim of, of these things, it's really hard to feel bad for them because there's, it just takes so much energy to be shitty to someone. Whereas like you could just leave them alone. And 
I feel like there's not enough outlets for kids to figure out their stuff. Like there's a lot for kids to try to understand every day feels so long at that age because there's right. so many yeah. new experiences. Yes. So it's it's like easy to understand why it's hard for them to have a view of the whole picture at the time. Yeah, because our brains are still growing. Like we're still growing physically. And um, and I think it has to do a lot with the the adults that we have around us. Yeah. You know, when there's a kid that is a consistent behavior problem and you go up to a teacher and say, oh, so-and-so is being mean to me again, they almost do that like, yeah, I know, I know, just ignore them. But that's not really fixing it. That's just kind of like accepting this nasty behavior. Whereas I feel like sometimes, I feel like if I were a teacher, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I treat people the way that I want to be treated. So if, if I'm going to be nasty to someone else, I should not be surprised that they're nasty back. And if they aren't nasty back and they actually treat me with kindness, well, they're way more mature than I am. There have been many instances where I've tried to stand up for myself, and but I'm very much, you know, I was that nerdy, weakling little kid that was like, hey, knock it off. And then, uh, you know, a bully be like, oh, yeah, make me. And I'd be like, OK, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Um, but as an adult now, I have no problem like calling people's bluffs and just being like, Hey, this is a little unnecessary. Don't you think I don't need to be your best friend, but can we just like get through this situation or can we just be adults here? But bullying even still happens in adulthood in subtle ways, sometimes in subtle ways and sometimes in not so subtle ways. Um, I've seen it happen on my end and now I'm just like, why didn't I speak up about this a couple years ago? Right. And when you get older, you know, it goes from like stupid little nicknames to like cursing at people. and, and Which was essentially what pops in my head now. Yeah. Fortunately, not often. Not that the, these particular people usually come at me from a bullying perspective. But if you're going to talk down to me like... I'm dirt, then no. Well, and and as a woman, like, you know, I don't like it. I mean, I say the word bitch all the time, like as a term of endearment, as, you know, with my friends. But if I had some stranger come up to me and, you know, be not nice to me and just be like, you're such a fucking bitch. Uh, no, thank you. That is not okay by me. Like, I feel like it's all about context. I speak like a sailor, so, you know, cursing doesn't bother me. But when someone's genuinely looking at you and calling you a bitch, is genuinely trying to make you feel bad about yourself, like, I am not here for that. Leave every, like, mind your business. Like, ugh. But people who shouldn't be afraid to uh, not mind business or anything, a group that we've not been talking about, the bystanders... I've been a bystander way too many times. I feel like everyone has, whether you're a friend of the victim or a friend of the bully. I don't know if your school had this, but we had something called Green Dot Club, and your teachers had to nominate you. And I went to a pretty big high school, so I like have no clue who nominated me or why. But one day I got this pass and was asked to you know, go to one of the conference rooms during like my lunch period and I show up and it's a bunch of random kids that I go to school with. And, uh, we're told that, you know, you guys have been nominated by your teachers to 
be a Green Dot ambassador. And Green Dot is all about, you know, um, anti-bullying and not being a bystander and how to handle certain situations. And so I was like, eh, why not? Another picture in the yearbook. I'll sit, I'll do it, I'll participate. And once a week, we'd have these meetings where we would discuss how to de-escalate certain situations when it came to bullying, whatever. And I remember like a couple weeks into doing it, there was a situation at my lunch table and I kind of had the confidence to say, hey, I don't like what you're saying right now. I think what you're doing is really disrespectful and I think you need to leave. And the person was like, fine, and then leaves because this, this person was like threatening my friend And I was like, no, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this is a funny joke because obviously my friend is very upset and uncomfortable. And as a bystander, it is my job to say, hey, I don't like that. They don't like that. So go. And I wish that younger me would have had that attitude. Mm -hmm. But now I'm very much like that. I'm very much like if I don't like what I'm seeing, I'd rather say something about it than not be direct because People have feelings and you don't know what people go home to at the end of the day. And you don't know that what you say could have an extreme impact on how that person sees themselves or how they're going to treat themselves. At the end of the day, it's what the bystander chooses to do, which I feel has the biggest impact on a situation. Because we're always begging for that person to like help, you know, like somebody, somebody do something. And really, if you're outside of it, you have a view of both sides of the situation. You could really take control of that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, of course, there are situations where maybe if you were to speak up, it would like escalate things and maybe like it would go from a tame situation to a really not safe situation. Like, have you ever seen the show? What would you do? Oh yeah, yes. It's like it's like a sociology experiment every week in the episodes. And and not all the episodes are about bullying, but sometimes it's about seeing something and what do the people in that situation do? Like what do you do when you see a woman fat shaming a young child at like Kohl's trying to buy a dress? And there's some people that very much stick to being bystanders and and don't say a word. And then there's- Because it's easy. Because it's easy. And because people don't want to cause, you know, a scene. I I am guilty of of not wanting to cause a scene unless there's something I see that really upsets me, that really hits home. And then I am absolutely, I am up and I am in there. No problem. (laughs) But, you know, there's some situations where you have people who who just watch in horror and then walk away. And then they get interviewed later- once they discover that it's a TV show and it's not real. And they're like, oh, I, I wanted to say something so bad, but I was so worried about like putting myself in a dangerous spot or like, I just didn't feel like it was my place. But then you had other people who are like, no, that is not okay. I am not okay with that. I am going to say something. I'm going to beat the shit out of this person. Like, and they're like, ma'am, ma'am, it's fake. It's fake. Calm down. You know, don't call the police, you know? But it's interesting to see like what scenarios people will absolutely step in for every time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then other situations where people feel like it's not their place. Whether or not you're the victim or the bystander, what you should do if you're able to in the situation, confront the bully themselves, just say, this is not cool for X, Y, Z reason. Or if you think that'll escalate the situation, 
If you're a kid, go to a teacher or adult. If you're an adult, go to a supervisor in the situation. Right. I don't know if you've ever experienced this at work, but I remember I was working somewhere where I was younger than my coworkers by significant amount. And because I was younger and more able-bodied and more available, it was summertime, it was in between semesters, um, I got shifts all the time. And at this job, when I first started, they like gave me like two shifts a month. So now I'm working like pretty decent hours. And my new manager just seemed to favor me. He liked me a lot. Um, but the other women that I worked with that were older, who had been there longer, were like, oh, he's only giving you that attention because he thinks you're pretty. He's only giving you that attention because you're young and, and whatever. I'm just trying to do my job. So I have some spending money so that I can go like to the beach with my family. <laughs> like that's what I'm trying to do. Um, but there was a point where I was trying to follow orders that the manager had given me. But throughout my shift, the women were like very blatantly bullying me or talking about me or making assumptions and, you know, insinuating things. And I was getting offended, but I wasn't saying anything because I'm trying to be respectful towards them and just, you know, do my job, which is kind of like why we're there. And uh, at one point, my manager pulls me aside because I started texting him at work and I was like, hey, um, I'm really uncomfortable. There's some like hostility happening and I don't know what to do about it. So he comes in and he takes me aside and he's trying to, you know, figure out what's going on and hear my side of things. And in the middle of the conversation, I have this one coworker just burst into the room and is like, Jana, you need to be on the floor right now. And he's saying, okay, I get that. I know she needs to be out there, but like, give us a second. I'm speaking with her. So then this lady like huffs and puffs and she goes out. She comes back and now she's like even angrier. And she's like, I need her on the floor now. And I'm like so rattled. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I'm all upset because, you know, everyone wants to punt me out the window and I'm just trying to like get through this shift. So technically she was being insubordinate. She was, you know, disrespecting the new manager, you know, cause he was trying to speak with me about something and it was, she was trying to blame it all on me. Like I, I was the one who took him aside, but that he, he wanted to talk to me. He's like, I, he's my manager. I'm supposed to do what he wants me to do. So actually one of the women ended up getting like suspended and the other woman like quit. It was really dramatic and unnecessary, but it was like, why are you all like you 60, 70 something year old women are ganging up on a 20 something year old woman? Because why? Because I'm getting extra attention that you think is inappropriate or, or is it because I don't have a good enough work ethic or whatever? But that was a situation where it was getting to the point where I was like, I'm going to say something because this is this is a little much. Also, I was like 17. So that's weird. <laughs> like I was like 18 years old. I'm like a baby. Like, come on, like, get over yourselves. Yeah, it really goes to show that the cycle of bullying never really ends in life, which is why you should speak up. Absolutely. This is why you shouldn't be afraid, which is why you shouldn't be a bystander not saying anything. Speak up. Have you ever been in a situation where you regret not speaking up? I'm trying to reflect on my end. I feel like part of it is hard for me to really pinpoint the time, times where I spoke up for myself or wish I did just because I was silent for a lot of high school on my end, not bringing a lot of attention towards myself. Right. So it's not like 
there wouldn't really be much of a reason as to why I would get bullied at that point. Mm. But I mean, thinking back to elementary school, some kind of like borderline bullying or teasing on a couple of occasions is just like, sometimes they get to the point it's just like, hey, stop it. My mom used to tell like, me to tell people to knock it off. Like but, me, like, t- yeah. still being tall for my age at the time, yeah. towering over them like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, like, listen, I mean, you know me that I'm not someone that gets angry, but I mean, if you tick me off enough and I speak my mind. You don't get angry. You get like silently grumpy, which to me is like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> so like I find that intimidating because like I've never, I've only ever seen you, I've never seen you like full on really, really angry. I've seen you upset. You've never seen me rage. I've never seen you rage. So to like, just to see like, like the preview to your rage, which is just you getting like quiet and grumpy and which, like. Which I'm not saying rage is right. R- rage is right in the, well, correct situations. Just right. Side note, because this is not what the episode is on, but I mean, it's healthy to let go of anger. Just learn how to do it in a healthy, healthy way. way. A healthy and safe way. Da, 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 da. Ah. That, that was the side blurb. So. <laughs> but still, it's like anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is due to frustration. It's due to feeling hurt, feeling um, unheard, disrespected. Um, there's so many other emotions that that make up anger. So it can't it can't always just be like, you know, they're just pissed to be pissed. There's usually another reason behind why they're angry. Um, I'll give you a great example of a moment. This is actually, this has a happy ending. So it's a good story. So it was my junior year of high school. I was dating somebody that I broke up with and they decided to go on this year long campaign of like bullying me and making my life a living hell. And this was a different kind of bullying that I had experienced in the past. Cause normally, you know, usually it was girl on girl bullying, cyber bullying, like, you know, that kind of stuff. But this was different because this person made me feel intimidated, like scared to go to school scared to be alone in a vicinity where they were there. And I think they knew that to an extent. I think that we both made each other very uncomfortable because we and things didn't end on the best of terms. But because I broke up with him, I felt like I deserved it. So I would take it and I would be like, well, of course he's angry. Of course he's being a jerk because, you know, I broke his heart. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, and those who have yet to make up their minds, that is never the case. If you break up with somebody, it's obviously for a reason. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you deserve to be mistreated ever. So remember that. Um, so, yeah, I let I let that go on for a year and I didn't really tell anybody, um, not anybody important. Like, you know, I told my friends that were close with me and I told my mom and but I never told the school. I never notified the school, which I should have, because it got to a point where Um, It was very indirect for a long time, but then it became direct. And he like came backstage during the musical and was like running around back there when he should have been in the audience. So I was like, I like barricaded myself in the dressing room because I thought he was going to like try and come and say something to me or upset me. And he he made me feel so uncomfortable. I literally lived in the nurse's office like all all the time Um, because I felt safe there. So I suffered in silence. I didn't say anything until we get to the last day of school. 
And this is where the happy ending is. He decided to just make a comment at me, but like this time it was direct, which was new because he, he normally wasn't very direct. And he made a comment like, you know, oh yeah, I'm graduating early this year because some people make it impossible to want to go to school here. He was saying it to somebody else, but in earshot so that he knew I was listening. But at first I was like, oh my God, did he really just do that? So I remember turning around and looking at him and he looks me dead in the eyes and goes, what? It's the last day of school. I can be a dick if I want to. So I went, oh, 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 like I was starting to get worked up. And for the first time, I like wasn't sorry for me. I was getting pissed. So I go to my classes and, you know, because God hates me, um, he was in my lunch period. And of course, he had to sit at the table next to my lunch table so I walk in, I'm already, now I'm starting, now I'm starting to feel like Muhammad Ali. I'm like starting to like, you know, have the Rocky theme music in my head. Like, you know, I want to beat someone up. <laughs> like I'm getting so mad and worked up. And then I see him handing my best friend a note and they both look at me and he quickly turns around. I go up to the table. I grab the note. And my best friend's like, Hey, he just gave me this note to give you. So I open it up and in my blind rage I read the first line which was like hey I'm sorry for being such a dick and I did not have I did not care what the rest of the letter said I tapped him on the shoulder he turns around he goes yeah because he knows exactly why I'm tapping him on the shoulder and I go fuck you ripped up the letter and then ran out of the cat like left all my shit at the table didn't say a word to anybody I just was like fuck you and then ran out crying <laughs> but I didn't start crying till halfway down the hallway so like it did oh, okay it was pretty badass like it was probably the most badass thing I've ever done and so that was my plan that was my game plan like it just it just was in the moment and I was just like you know what go fuck yourself like I'm I've endured a year of this like how much longer are you gonna keep this up like just go move on with your life so I ran halfway then I start crying and got to the nurse's office and then my friends, you know, came running after me with my bag and, and whatever. And I was, I was still gunning. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take some serious action here. Like I am so, I lost an entire year of school because of this kid. You know, I didn't go out as much because I was afraid he was going to show up and like ruin everything because he did. And yeah, so I remember like I, I talked to the school guidance counselor and I was like, we were tight at the time and I was just like, listen, this happened today. I'm at a point where I'm about to call the police and file a restraining order because I'm so sick and tired of this. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. And she goes, okay, okay, Janet, like, you know, sit down, calm down, take a breath. You know, here's some tea. Um, let me talk to his mother. And so she calls up his mom and says, this has been happening for a year now. She's about to take legal action if he does not knock it off so please talk to your son and tell him to stop and it never happened again the end <laughs> but that's the that's the kind of sometimes you just gotta speak up speak up and say something because yeah i lost so much time and i'm still dealing with the aftermath of that you know i always worry that when i become friends with somebody or start dating somebody I'm always worried that you know if things don't work out they're just gonna come after me listen the two things that I mentioned before were, were right there in that story speak up for yourself and talk to an authority 
Talk, well, at least if not even that, just talk to somebody, like tell somebody that it's going mm. on because you don't deserve to go through it alone and you don't have to. Don't carry that burden on your shoulders if you don't have to. And I also feel like it's important to say this because we also talked about what goes on with the inner workings of a bully. Just before we sign off, I want to say any bullies who may or may not be listening to this. Stop. <laughs> I mean, yes, stop, but... Deal with your stuff. <laughs> deal with your stuff. Reflect on it. If you, like, want to seek help of any kind or make amends, just do it. Right. Because uh, you're not making things easier for yourself at the end of the day if you're going to put your burden on someone else. Because exactly. you know what? That burden is going to keep piling up on you and you're just going to keep throwing it on someone else. That just doesn't end. And if somebody comes up to you and said, hey, you used to bully me in middle school and I used to hate your guts, like, you know, I, I would hear that person out, even if you don't believe that you were a bully. I think that everybody is entitled to how they feel and feelings aren't wrong. If you made somebody upset, apologize, own up to it and just be like, you know what? I was a kid. I didn't know any better, but I'm an adult now. I'm going to own my shit and I'm sorry that I hurt you and I hope that you have a wonderful life and can move on from this. Cause there are some people that are in their fifties and still afflicted by issues that are caused from bullying. Bullying. This was a fun topic, right? I got so worked up. <laughs> I've uh, also just to clarify, I've never been a bully intentionally. Um, I've never made kids lives a living hell. Maybe I have been not so nice to people and I own up to that cause that was from immaturity and maybe from my own place of fear. But just be kind and like speak up for yourself. That's all. Be kind to people. That's all. That's all. And being that that's all, if you liked listening to this episode, <laughs> I mean, and you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. Maybe and, you should. Yeah. Because it's kind. Because it's kind. We're trying to, it's called Hello Sunshine. We're trying to bring like light into your world and awareness yeah with light and kindness and in addition to the podcast itself subscribing to that follow our social media so right. that's that that's another way so you know that we're posting new episodes yes and also with that being said a couple of resources that i would like to plug at the end of this episode that have a lot to do with being kind and advocating for yourself. Um, please check out Psychology Today, uh, which is therapists.psychologytoday.com. It's a website where you can find a therapist in your area that is covered by your insurance. It's a great resource, especially when you're starting out and you have no idea where to start in finding somebody to talk to. Um, also, the suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Uh, the crisis text line, please text REASON to 741741. It's free, confidential, and 24-7. And also included in the description of this episode will be some of the sources that we used uh, in discussion for today's episode, different articles and things that we used uh, for some of our statistics and information. Just know that you don't have to struggle alone. There are people out there to help and that want to help. Things may not always be easy. But don't forget to try to stay on the bright side. Until next time, y'all. Peace out. Bye. Bye.